This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. Bill McMinn and Mark Hosseller, both from Eagleville Bible Church, talking about uh, general revelation today. You know, how does God speak through nature? Yeah, simple conversation. Simple conversation. I mean, well, just, listen, yeah. there's a lot of evidence for God <laughs> sitting around in this world, and I think it is good to look at it. And one would be history. Uh, one, I think a bigger one would be nature. And then one would be the moral code inside of us. Mm. You know, because yeah. every single one of us has something. Yeah, so, and where did that come from? You know, I mean, really, honestly, we're, we're believing in the fact that matter just floating around, somehow coming together, uh, spontaneous combustion, boom, big bang. And now me and you have the ability to choose right and wrong and right. some sort of a moral code. That doesn't compute in my mind. You right. know what I mean? It speaks of, a, of, a, of a, an intelligent design. Right. God himself creating us. Absolutely. So when you look at Revelation, they say there's a general and a specific, the Bible specific. You still can say in general Revelation. The only question is, can you take general Revelation, which would be looking at the stars, looking at creation, looking Mm -hmm. at flowers, sunsets, Mm -hmm. sunrises, and come to some, some solid conclusions, generally speaking, about God or not. So we can talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. What you can't dismiss is it's definitely communicating. So there's, there's no doubt because God says it's communicating. So we, we go with that and it's general communication and it's universal and it's general and that the content is less specific. So you can't look at it and understand God's merciful and gracious per se. You can look at it and know there's design, intelligence, mm-hmm. purpose, Like all those things I would take out of it. Yeah, there's a purpose, there's a reason, there's a way things are. I think it's very comforting to know that God made the world. Even this, Mark, a lot of people struggle with this concept right here. They think that every single thing that happens in the world that is a negative has to be the result of God doing said negative to you. In other words, your arteries clog, uh, you get cancer, tornado hits a certain town, there's a hurricane. I'm not saying that God can't bowl a hurricane wherever he wants to bowl one down the alley. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's a system. It's exactly. It it creates wind. It creates weather systems. It creates patterns. Like there's just clouds. Like I don't think that God is in the business of individually crafting every cloud that comes by and a cloud by the way is ever changing Mm -hmm. if you see a cloud that looks cool you better take a picture of it right now because Mm -hmm. five minutes is going to look totally different it might be a mile behind you in five minutes it's going to change shape in five minutes it's Mm -hmm. just the nature of it it's just constantly changing i don't i'm not one who believes that god is sitting there creating the different shape of that cloud i think he no he made a system that creates clouds that's how it works Absolutely. And I, I like what you're saying there about the general revelation of, you know, creation around us and that kind of thing points to a creator. We're going to right. talk about it out of Psalm 19, I believe, yeah. is where we're going. When we have that general re- revelation, it compels, I mean, for me anyways, it compels me to want to get to know the one that has created those things, right? I mean, right. if there is a creator behind it, I want to know the one that's creating it and the one that's in control of all that. I mean, so I like the I like the way Psalm 19 starts with 
it starts with talking about that general revelation. Right. And then it, right in the middle of it, it breaks to the specific revelation of God and how we can know him better through his law. Right. Is, there's like a two-part thing going on in Psalm 19 where it starts like that. And I love that. You know, but because, my dolls are precious and finer than gold and yeah, all this stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're going to... So so what I'm saying is, is if you really truly embrace that this, there is an indisputable general revelation of a creator in this world. If you understand and embrace that, that's going to compel you to want to grow in your understanding of that one that created. Right. That's what I'm saying. I would say for me, I mean, knowing that there was a God definitely made me appreciate things. I remember I was going to town on somebody shooting a groundhog when I was a little kid. I'd hiked up the road and he was what are you doing? I'm shooting a groundhog. I'm like, well, God made the groundhog, so why are you shooting it? I mean, that was my mentality. Now I realize if they're close to barns and close to buildings, they you got shot it. one last week. They so got it. Yeah. Sorry, they, I don't mean to yeah. hurt anybody's feelings, but they got, I mean, go. they got big old holes underneath my shed out there. I mean, yeah, they are tearing up my property. No, I I get mm-hmm. totally get it because I've I've lived that many mm-hmm. years on a on having farmland myself. So I. Uh, but I didn't understand. I think that I understood that there was a God and there was purpose, but I was also seeing the world through the eyes, through, as like John Calvin says, the spectacles of faith that mm. I could see. And that's how he looks at Revelation as you, the spectacles of faith clear. You're looking at like somebody who can't see. You're looking at Revelation mm. and the vision's blurry. When you put on the eyes of faith, you really see God's hand in it even more clearly, which I can that get that. so but good, yeah. In Psalm 19, mm-hmm. specifically, the heavens declare the glory of God. Skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from there. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. <laughs> Don't you find that interesting? They have no voice. But the voice goes out into all the world. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a universal language. It doesn't matter if you speak Chinese, you speak English, you speak French, you speak German, you speak Spanish. It's irrelevant. Right. It, the voice of nature is a universal language. The voice of nature is universally heard. And the glory of God is being shown in nature, constantly mm-hmm. speaking for God, which goes along with Romans 8, 1, 18 through 20, where it's talking about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness, who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain, because God has made it plain. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Now, some people argue, oh, you know, hey, you know, follow me and change things. Well, look, it says since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen. Absolutely. Even with a sin nature, it's clearly seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is a scary phrase, and they are without excuse. Right. And people are without excuse. You want want to deny God and the existence of a God. And you want to still live in this world that shows you all kinds of brilliant examples of a creator. And you're you're denying God. You have no excuse for that. You and I, anybody listening, we have no excuse to deny God. He's revealed himself through this nature, through through various ways, but through nature. Well, Mark, I talked to a man last night who said he lived out. That Romans 1, where it says people suppress the truth by their wickedness. In other words, suppressing truth means holding it under like a beach ball full of air. You would be holding it under the water. If you had it in a pool, mm-hmm. it can't go underwater unless you push it underwater. That's like the truth of God. The truth of God is constantly up there on the surface. The only way that we could push it under to ignore it, it takes energy. It takes energy. It requires, yeah. And he said, that was me. 
I was suppressing mm-hmm. the truth. Now he's reading his Bible, he's seeking the Lord, which is really exciting yeah. to hear. But and that's evident by unrighteousness. So, so one of the scariest things about if there is general revelation and specific revelation, then that means there's going to be accountability to that revelation. Right. And so if my life is filled with unrighteousness and evil, then I want to ignore that by suppressing the truth of it, right? And I'm just going to lead myself down into the pit of more unrighteousness and evil. Why not just stop that whole cycle? Embrace the revelation or the revealer, right? God himself. Embrace him. Come into a relationship with him. Have your sins forgiven. Get cleansed of all that unrighteousness. And walk in new well, revelation. Let, let's of say to somebody, you know, they're out there living and really, and they're not wild. They, they, you know, they might have some drinks with their friends. They go to work every day. They're faithful to their spouse. Maybe they, you know, use some choice language from time to time. Not the worst people on the planet, but they're still running around. A lot of them looking at stars, looking at nature, mm-hmm. looking at their horoscopes, looking at for something. They're they're trying to find some kind of purpose in it all. And I would say that to me, one of the things of general revelation, general revelation is of value to me, not nearly as much as what the Bible is. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm communicating with somebody that is far from God, who doesn't really know where to turn, it's a starting point. It's a point that you can engage and say, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the complexity of this world. Let's talk about the beauty of it. Let's talk about every insect that we see, the flowers and how things cross pollinate, how thing, how flowers continue on and on and on. I've had uh, this one group of flowers I put on my property over 20 years ago. They're still there. And then they're hard. They don't grow spread fast. Like I've propagated them into multiple spots in case I lose that one spot. I still have them Mm -hmm. in other places. So I didn't want to lose them. So I made sure that I've like propagated them in multiple kind of like uh, hedging your bets, I guess, you Mm -hmm. know, so I don't lose that plant. Well, Um, and the thing about you is you love nature. I mean, this is something that you've made a lifetime of, of just capturing nature and showing it to people. And I appreciate that because that is in a way it's evangelistic. It's showing people the nature that was created by God, right. you know, the general revelation of God. Well, they are looking at it, and that, that's the thing. It's not like people are not looking at nature. Some mm-hmm. people are talking about the stars and how the stars guide them. I don't believe that for one second mm-hmm. because that that brings up a whole host of questions. Right. Like if you legitimately, and I'll, I'll hear people say, oh, Mother Nature did this or uh, the universe did this, okay, the universe is absolutely inanimate. That, that would be like believing a rock that you pass in a stream has some say in your life. That rock has no say in your life. That tree has no say in your life. That bird has no say in your life, but it brings, but they're still looking. I'll give them that, but they are looking at those things. I'm going to say, let's not worship the creation. As it says in Romans one, let's worship the creator. Let's, let's take a step and think a little more deeply about it. Mm -hmm. I have found for me personally, general revelation is important in that I learned stuff from looking at creation I've learned things about being a dad and just, you look at general revelation. Well, just being a dad and loving my kids reminds me how much God loves me. It's, uh, I've, I've thought about the sacrifices that I've made. I've thought about the things that I've done. I thought about Mm -hmm. the need of patience on and Mm -hmm. on and on. Yeah. I mean, there's not much you wouldn't do for your kids. So, Hey, God, hats off to you. You know, I appreciate you more (laughs) than my heavenly dad. I certainly understand you a lot more as being a, a parent and having that or being in the garden and seeing the weeds come up and realize this is like sin, man more, more, uh, I got to always pull it. Yep. 
They're always going to be yeah. growing back. I always got to pull it. You know, you got to put good stuff in to keep bad stuff out. Like mm. I went and put these grasses in because I had so much crabgrass and stuff competing and junk grass. I was tired of weeding it. So I told my wife, I'm planting a grass to compete. I'm telling you what, man, they were, it looked like nothing this spring. Now that grass is like this beautiful purplish, reddish purplish color. It's coming up. It's absolutely dominating its area. Wow. These other things that I've planted there, these good things are absolutely taking up space so that weeds can't get in there. I'm like, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's how good works. You put the good in and dominate space. Like and I need you, to fill and, space. And as I'm you learning. look through it, right through the spectacles of faith, like you said before, as you see that happening, in your mind, you're you're computing that with spiritual significance as well. You know, like you said, you're pulling out the weeds. You're making sure that you're putting the right stuff in to take care of the stuff that's going to damage that kind of stuff. It makes it's me all think spiritual, about spiritual spiritual mm-hmm. significance, right? right? It's all it's all pointing to God. Right. It's all pointing back to our faith. So I again, I have a certain lens that I'm viewing the world mm-hmm. through a certain mm-hmm. uh, view that God made the world. Some people don't have that view, but I can connect with them and talk to them. And I can, I relate to a lot of people that don't yeah. know Christ because of my interest in nature and the world around me that's for so sure. Good. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's, that's a big deal. I mean, God is communicating all the time and we are without excuse at the end of the day, we ought to be able to see there's a God and look. And then I love the uh, Acts 14 passage. Friends, why are you doing this? You know, they're trying to worship Paul. He's like, what are you doing? Uh, we're bringing you good news, telling you to turn from worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let nations go their way. It has not left himself without testimony and kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in season. It provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. If you look at that last statement, he provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Absolutely. I talked to my yeah. class about this last night. I said, think about this. Pagans, godless, people that don't even think about God, and he still putting joy in their heart. He still cares about them because they're still his. He still loves these people. I think that's an amazing truth. It should point everybody to him. It should. I mean, his provision is a general revelation, right? Right. It could be specific too. I mean, I had a specific revelation of God in my life when, when he provided a financial blessing that we, we, we absolutely needed that day. And I come home and there's a guy in my in my driveway with a check for $23,000. I mean, we were, we were overdrafted in our account. I fasted and prayed for a lunch that day. I was crying to God. I need you, Lord. I come home and there's this oil and gas lease the very last day that they could have came through on it. There he is. He hands me a check, says, you're our Mark Hostetler, right? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, here you go. There's $23,000 in that From thing. gas lease? Yeah. Yeah, from my place in Orwell. I mean, this is years ago, and I'm like, we had just come to faith in the Lord not too long before that, you know? So it was, we were, I mean, I was jumping up and down. My wife and I held each other. We're crying. I mean, she called me that day crying on the phone bill saying, Mark, I don't know what to do. We are overdrafted in the account. We have no money, you know? The Lord specifically revealed through his provision, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It was amazing. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, that's a great. I love that story. I don't think I've ever heard that story actually from you. So, so he provides. 
he provides you with plenty. Right. You know well, I, mean? I think about so. the things you would see from other Christians, like Pharaoh seeing the blessing on Joseph uh, and seeing his ability to interpret dreams, or Darius when he throws Daniel in the lion's den and comes back and the lion didn't touch him. Mm. That's pretty impressive. Oh. Or when the king throws Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into a furnace and they don't get burned up, that's pretty impressive. It is. I and mean, when you see things it that is, God is doing, man. I mean, there's revelation all over the place. And Absolutely. it's also seen in humanity in that we actually have a conscience. And it says that we who are sinful, right? When it was talking about the Gentiles in Romans 2, 11 through 16, when they basically are a law unto mm-hmm. themselves, and mm-hmm. it says that their conscience is either accusing them or excusing them, that they actually have a conscience, who in the world put that there, right? Yeah. Now, we have, uh, right now, it's monarch... Uh, migration time so monarchs are migrating in the month of september mm-hmm. on their way to mexico mm-hmm. south america wherever they're headed wow how in the world they know how to get there Thousands i couldn't even drive there miles. i couldn't even drive there without navigation they can yeah. drive there because it's innately put in there i look at that yeah. stuff and blown mm-hmm. away yeah in the same way hardwired into you is a god thing hardwired into you almost yeah. every people group in the world has religion yeah, uh, there's no such thing as like irreligious in in reality. I mean, even if they're pagan out in the woods, they're going to chop something down and worship it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it was Blaise Pascal that said every one of us has a God shaped hole in us. You know, it's like a vacuum. You're trying right. to fill it. You're trying to fill it. Nothing will fill it, right? Except for God, right? You know, it's only God. We have a God-shaped hole. Well, in these are the things that people use to build natural theology. Like they'll use these arguments. If things are moving, there has to be a mover. Mm. There has to be a first cause. So then Thomas Aquinas would say, "Well, that's God." If you look at all the orderly things in the world, that's God. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that we could conceive of a being greater than ourselves. That's a God thing. Like there's so many things that they would point to. Some people will argue with quantum physics, so on and so forth, that those arguments don't hold as much water as you would think. However, God still uses logical arguments with people. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, why do we like, why do we have a conscience? Why is there so much order? People say to me, well, if God's so good, how come there's so much bad in the world? And I'll say, well, if God's so bad, how come there's so much good in the world? I'll just reverse the question. Mm -hmm. If God's so bad, how can we have so much food? Mm -hmm. How can we have rain in season? Mm -hmm. How come we have plenty of stuff at the grocery store? How come Mm -hmm. we're provided for? Like, how come? If everything's so bad, why is it? Because the fact of the matter is, yeah, there are cases where horrible things happen to people. And I know our friends, they go through things, dude, that honestly, I, I can't imagine. I see they go through it. I see they deal with it. I see they make the most of it. You know what I mean? And I res- highly respect it Yeah. because I, I see I've not been asked to walk the path. Certain mm-hmm. people have been asked to walk. So I know there's hardship out there for real. There, There's oh, yeah. hardship. There's heartache. It doesn't mean God's bad. Okay, so uh, Sunday night I met with um, a group, the three three people from, well, and their spouses, uh, from the worship team that I'm developing into our leadership team, right? And so one of the conversations we got into Sunday night was embedded theology and deliberate theology. And we discussed how hurtful sometimes embedded theology can be. Like what? You know, like like that, for example. Like, um, if there is a God, why is there so much bad? 
that's been embedded in you from something, from somewhere. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, things like God controlling every hurricane, for example. Right. That's in somewhere, Reason somehow, for everything. Yeah, right. Reason for everything, kind of thinking, that kind of thing. Somewhere, somehow, embedded in us, there is a way we, we think of God. Okay? The encouragement through that, through that study was, Take what's embedded and challenge it deliberately. Study out who God is, what he's done, and why I would believe in him. Right. Study it out. Come up with these answers. The answers are all over the place, especially in the word of God, where he's revealed himself, right? So we have to be deliberate about the way we're going to approach those hardships, for right. example. Is your embedded theology going to get into the way of what you could deliberately know about your Savior during that time? I would suggest you deliberately seek out the truth. Right. And not just what you think the truth is, right. you know, based well, on some embedded theology. As I heard from young man, one young man last night in our theology class, he said a lot of people hear things about the Bible. They don't really seek it out, and it becomes it's, the belief, their belief system. Because yep. like you said, it was embedded. Oh, the Bible's full of errors. I can't trust the church. I can't go there. I don't like organized religion. And I've always asked you, would you prefer disorganized religion? Yeah. Because no one ever says, I don't believe in organized education. I don't believe in organized medicine. Right. But they'll pick on the church and they'll say, I don't believe in organized religion, which to me is so ridiculous mm -hmm. because organization helps us to do CR organization helps us to do children's programs yep. organization helps us to run a food pantry on and on and on and on do if we didn't have organization if God didn't put structure because God's not a God of chaos he's a God of order mm. we wouldn't be able to accomplish but again like you said embed it they they still have this idea that it comes into them that an organized religion or something that's called church is bad. Is bad. And is so bad. they kick back against anything right. like that. Right. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is when you have when you have certain things in your mind, say like God only helps those that help themselves. Right. But that's that's not good theology. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that I don't I don't think that's good study of God. Like right. God. So that's gonna that's gonna determine everything else you think or you know about God. No, you know I don't say God I mean, helps those who help themselves. I say faith should be an action. So we need a job, get out and look for one. That's what I, Some people use it. I mean, I understand the reason yeah. they use it. and But I agree. I agree. No, I mean, what, I, I, what I'm saying is be deliberate about it. Right. If you know there's a general, generally revealed God, meaning he's, he's revealed himself, in creation and all that. Be deliberate about seeking right. him out. That's all I'm like saying. Like God said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God didn't say that. I remember reading that, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that in the Bible? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, seriously, this is sometimes how it comes down to, like, people come up with these sayings, like, well, you know, it's like it says yeah. in the Bible, you're thinking, not in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely that verse is definitely God not in the Bible. Right right. So cleanliness. check it back. But yeah. the natural theology has enough to help us to connect with the world. And I think there, I think we should look at nature. God is speaking through the universe. He is glorified through it. He is our, His eternal attributes, his divine power are clearly seen by it. So I would say what God has done in, in 
nature, what God does in history, your personal history, answers to prayer, mm-hmm. things that you've seen, your mm-hmm. conscience, you know, there are times where God's been saying everyone knows right and wrong, even if they haven't gone to church. Most people know oh, what yeah. they should and shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. There's something in there. Take these as evidences that there is a real God in this world. Anyway, mm-hmm. hope that's been helpful. You guys all have a great and a blessed week.